Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vivino, the world's largest online wine marketplace. The Vivino app makes it easy to choose wine. Enjoy expert team support, door-to-door delivery, and honest wine reviews to help you choose the perfect wine for every occasion. Vivino, download the app on Apple or Android and discover an easier way to choose wine. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on the Italian Wine Podcast. Today we'd like to welcome you to the Wine to Wine 2021 Clubhouse Marathon in collaboration with the UK Wine Show, Interpreting Wine and Bevology Inc. I am delighted to be actually in Italy for the first time in a very long time in Verona and I am so happy to have as my guest today Pietro Russo who is joining us from a very special place, uh, the island of Pantelleria, one of the most far-flung of all of Italy's many wine regions. Pietro, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Mark. It's my pleasure. Really, It's a great pleasure to be here and talking with you about this, this island and oh, my highlights. Your island. And I am a great fan of the wines of Dono Fugata, which you are the winemaker for. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking about the range of wines that, that you produce. But first of all, tell us, tell, let, let our listeners know a little bit about this special island, your island, where you are right now, this volcano that's closer to the north coast of Africa than it is to the Sicilian mainland, let alone the Italian mainland. You know, uh, Pantelleria, it's really, for me, it's a dream. It's a, it's a land of extreme. It's a bit like Sicily, but really concentrated in such a small island. So the place is unique, it's uh, in the middle of the Mediterranean Channel. And uh, once you arrive, you can really perceive its distinctiveness and uh, its peculiarities. First of all, we should uh, remember that it's uh, the the island is closer to it's uh, more closer to Tunis than uh, than uh, than Sicily, so <laughs> it gives you an idea of how unique can be these conditions. And uh, then once you arrive, the architecture is unique because of the typical Damuso. The landscape, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, very wild, it's, uh, it's a volcanic landscape that, that moves from the seaside uh, uh, to the top of the Montagna Grande that has uh, at uh, over 800 meters above sea level. Wow. So the, the landscape can really change uh, a lot. And it's, a, it's an island that is dominated by the wind. And for this reason, people uh, uh, needed to grow the vines in some very distinctive, uh, distinctive condition. The viticulture is unique because it's a single variety. It's a Zibibo. It's what we call uh, Moscato d'Alessandria. And also the name Zibibo came from this place because we Zibibo means uh, in the Arabic means uh, 
Zabib. It comes from Zabib, that it's uh, dried grapes. And this comes from the old domination of the, of the highland that was uh, for three, over 300 years uh, by, the, by the Moors. Okay, so we have this, this small island closer to Tunisia than to Sicily, rising as, a, as an extinct volcano. Is that right? And it's really this volcanic terrain that is the most important feature in Pantelleria. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, as you said, it's an, it's an antique volcano, for sure. It's not, uh, not anymore active, at least for, for the moment. Uh, but it, uh, it has uh, built the landscape of this, uh, of this island. It's completely volcanic sand, for sure. Volcanic, it's... Uh, uh, it's a very complex world because this translates uh, such a high diversity of soil depending on the share, depending on the lava flows, uh, depending on the altitude. Okay. So the volcano has, has depicted all this, uh, this wide scenario and uh, this diversity, you can imagine, it's uh, even uh, more variegated by the altitude of the vineyards, you can find vineyards uh, really close to the close to the sea, and then up to the volcano at uh, 600 meters. Wow. Okay. Then uh, for, for sure the, the orientation. The the wind um, that you were mentioning is that a hot wind that comes from Africa? What is that wind called? Yeah, we have two main winds. Uh, one is the um, is Shirok, what we call Shirok, so the south, uh, the wind from. Uh, the Sahara Desert, okay. uh, it's uh, at southeast, uh, coming from southeast. It can be very warm and dry and can, uh, can blow for three to four, even a week. In very, <laughs> it can be very heavy, let's say. And then the, the, other, the other wind, the main wind is the Mistral. It comes from the north and it's, complete, it's definitely cooler than, uh, than this, and both can make, uh, have uh, designated uh, where to grow and how to grow in this island. And it's for this reason that you have a very particular method of growing that's actually a UNESCO heritage. Can you tell us about this? Yes, we have, we have the chance to uh, preserve this unique uh, trellis system that is uh, Alberello Pantesco. Okay. Alberello Pantesco is a trellis system that was developed by the natives of Pantelleria and uh, according to the climatic conditions that are extreme. So it's, um, it's a bush vine, it's a very low bush vine that uh, stands no more than uh, 40 to 50 centimeters from the, from the soil. And, uh, and there, this, uh, this bush vine with uh, three to five uh, branches of uh, all the tree stand protected by, by the wind thanks to some holes so growers uh, dig some hole uh, close to the this these bushes this uh, these vines to protect from the wind and uh, to and try to collect the humidity of the night because uh, we don't have any stable water to irrigate for irrigation and so the and very low the, rainfall. Yeah, the only rainfall, uh, so mean uh, rainfall, uh, are lower than 400 millimeters uh, per year, so 370 
something millimeters per year. So it's very low and concentrated only in the autumn and, uh, and winter. So these are even extreme, uh, very arid condition for, for vine growing. And this uh, uh, trellis system, and this viticultural uh, system, it's uh, helped vines to, to grow and uh, concentrate the humidity and uh, it's a low expansion uh, trellis system that helps to uh, keep the vigor and keeps and make the grapes really concentrated. Okay, so we're really talking about an, an heroic form of viticulture, this traditional labor intensive, a single vine in its own pit so that it can capture these, this moisture and protect from the wind. And through this, this grape, Zibibbo, ripens to this high degree of sweetness. The aromatic Muscat de Alexandria um, is ripening to make an extraordinary wine. Let's talk about the Dona Fugata Ben Raye. It's one of my favorite Pasito wines in the world. I think uh, you make a really stunning wine. And when I do wine tastings, I've never had anybody not fall in love with this wine. So complimenti. Thank you. So. Berriere, so our Pasito di Pantelleria, it's uh, our flagship wine, it's a uh, flagship sweet wine from, from Italy nowadays, so we are happy, very happy from this, but this is very the result of, uh, of the terroir, the, res the result of this, all this unique condition, and we try, that we try to, to convert in, the, in this wine. Uh, it's quite a special um, process, because uh, we have uh, not only dried grapes, but also uh, some percentage of, uh, of uh, fresh grapes uh, for the production. Okay. So we start the production, for, we start the harvest uh, by picking the grapes uh, for some drying. We start uh, at the second, uh, after the, um, the second half of August. So, so we start for drying for the drying process that takes place uh, uh, that requires two to three weeks, and uh, at the end of August, then we we pick the grapes for 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 the production of a fresh must, and once uh, we start to ferment the fresh must, we. we add uh, gradually uh, the dried grapes okay. that at the same time uh, we distem manually. Okay. So it's a kind of vinification with, uh, with the pomas, vinification with these uh, dried grapes to extract all the these concentrated aromas, concentrated uh, flavors, sugars and acidity. And while, while keeping that freshness from the fresh grapes yes absolutely if you just to give you an idea of the numbers we have we have at the end uh, around 200 grams of uh, residual sugar uh, with around eight grams uh, total uh, acidity okay that means that, that you don't know you not only extract uh, sugars but you only concentrate uh, the acidity and this savoriness and saltiness that, that, that is the, the true uh, element for the balance of the wine. Right, yeah. it's that balance I think that is so, so attractive in, in this wine. This, as you say, the sweetness that isn't cloying. Um, 
balanced yeah. by the acidity. I, I can also tell you that it's a very difficult fermentation because uh, at the end uh, it can be very sticky, it can be very concentrated for yeast to, to ferment. And the fermentation uh, takes up to, uh, so for several weeks. Uh, so now we are fermenting our Pasido di Pantelleria and we are still uh, uh, destemming our, our dried grapes manually because it's a process that takes really a lot of time. And, and, so uh, just and pian piano you add the, the yeah, dried grapes when you feel it's, it's the right time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it takes so long, but uh, it's uh, really, uh, and then it, this is the reflection of the, of this unique condition of the sign, and also this uh, peculiar characteristics of this uh, such aromatic variety that is the, that is the Zibibo. Okay. Zibibo from a volcanic uh, area. And just one other question about this, Ben Rae. The Apacimento, it takes place in the, directly in the sunshine. The grapes are outside or they're covered? Yeah, the grapes are outside. We only put the grapes into uh, greenhouses for the night. Uh, just to protect from the humidity okay. because uh, the highland uh, during the night can be very humid and this will, will uh, affect the uh, drying process. So it's, uh, it's a sun drying process. Uh, well, let's cross over to the mainland of Sicily where Dona Fugata has a number of estates all around the island. Dona Fugata, the name, of course, recalling the country estate of the Prince of Selina in uh, Tomasi di Lampedusa's famous novel Il Gatto Pardo, The Leopard. Your estates are across the country, perhaps not unlike the type of estate that the Prince of Selina would have had when he would travel from Palermo out to his estate. Tell us about some of where, where your estates are located and the wines you produce. Okay. I know you have so, a very large range of wines, but just some of the most um, characteristic and iconic wines of Dona Fugata. Okay, first of all, I wanted to just make a, uh, an idea of what is Dona Fugata. Dona Fugata is a family business. Okay. Family business from the Rallo family, uh, that today is the sixth generation run in the winery. And this started at the beginning of the 80s, uh, in the western side of the highland, so in the place of the garden, thanks to a visionary person that uh, had the ambition to grow the reputation of Sicilian wine. Uh, it was uh, Giacomo Rallo with his wife, with uh, and the idea, at, this, at those times, the, the image of uh, Sicily was uh, not uh, the same as today, where famous for bulk wine production. So the this process started uh, in the middle of uh, Sicily, in the hillland of uh, Contessentellina. Okay. This is now, nowadays, the core of our uh, viticultural production, where we produce the Milona Notte and Tancredi as uh, flagship uh, uh, red wines. And then in the 89, uh, Giacomo and Gabriella Rallo built uh, uh, the land uh, in, in Pantelleria. So, and started the first harvest of uh, Passito di Pantelleria Benria. And then uh, this uh, adventure continues, because in the 2016, uh, we have uh, purchased other pieces of land. 
in the most compelling areas of, the, of Sicily that are Etna, Etna where we have, uh, where we have uh, now other iconic production from this, uh, this, this uh, area. And uh, at the south, uh, southeast of Sicily, um, in, uh, in Agade, which is the land of the Cerasuolo di Vittoria, okay. the unique DOCG of, uh, of Sicily. So across these areas, we produce, so we produce uh, iconic wines, so from, uh, wines from Contrade in Etna, Monte La Guardia and Fragore, uh, Monte La Guardia and Marchese. Uh, we produce uh, uh, a Frappato and the Cerasuolo di Vittoria from, uh, from Acate that are very distinctive reds that are completely unique and, and different from the, the reds from the inland of Ponte Sant'Elia. So, oh, yes. That's an actually a very interesting um, challenge for you as a winemaker because you're making so many, having almost a number of wine regions of, to work from, from Pantelleria, which is unique, to the different styles of red wines from throughout Sicily, working with Nero d'Avola in different areas. For example, in the southeast, that would be the Nero d'Avola with Frappato for the Cerasuolo. Tell us about the wines, uh, how, how Nero d'Avola changes across the island. You say challenging, and I can say it's true because uh, the harvest uh, in uh, in Dona Fugata takes uh, up to 100 days. Okay. So it's quite uh, quite unique too. And, and you're I... almost a flying winemaker then, overseeing the production uh, in all the different we estates. We need an helicopter during sure. harvest time. <laughs> yeah. It will be the best uh, condition. Uh, no, I'm joking. Nero Davola can uh, really can transmit the sense of the place, so the, the sense of origin. It's a typical variety that it's, that can uh, transmit the the depth and concentration of the of the clays uh, in Contessantellina. So a richer yeah, style of Nero d'Avola. Yeah, the soil in Contessantellina are quite heavy and uh, calcareous. Nero d'Avola becomes uh, very dark in color uh, with some uh, uh, purple hue and then very concentrated and, uh, and powerful on the nose with dark cherry and, uh, and black, uh, black fruit uh, on the nose with the high, rich and powerful tannins too. And there we produce uh, the Milona Notte, which is our, our iconic uh, red that is uh, made for, for the time for, for aging. In and, and that's 100% Nero d'Avola? It's, uh, it's, it's not a pure Nero d'Avola. There are some uh, smaller percentage of, uh, of Syrah and Petit Verdot okay. to complete and make something more complex at the end and trying to have something more approachable since the beginning because Nero d'Avola is a native variety of Sicily and therefore can have a, quite a high acidity uh, that can make uh, tannins a bit, a bit chunky, but uh, at the end of this way, we can have something really sold and, and uh, refined. Uh, while at the extreme uh, uh, south, southeast of Sicily, you can have a really Different uh, expression Nero d'Avola because we are in the sand, in sandier soil, sand that comes from the Alto Piano Ibleo uh, sand and tuff from 
electrical cars and here the, the aromas are um, definitely more perfume the, the no, the, first of all the color is lighter and then you have a lighter style of, of red a much more perfume that plays with aromas of strawberry and uh, red cherry is much more delicate and some uh, wild rose uh, scents too well, in the palette, it, it is definitely lighter with uh, smooth tannins already uh, resolved and, uh, and rounded. So, so completely it's a different. It's a different style that we we also propose as a slightly cold, slightly chilled okay. uh, red to pair with uh, even with the with the with the fish, with sure. some tuna. Um, red tuna, for example, it's uh, I, I think it's really important uh, for um, listeners to understand how Nero d'Avola, this great native grape of Sicily, can have so much local and regional character as it moves around the island. And I guess that sort of delicacy is why it blends well with Frappato. Yes, oh, absolutely. Frappato is another quite uh, delicate variety. Well, Nero d'Avola is not that delicate, but Frappato, yes, it's a delicate variety that plays more in the floral side and uh, helps to give a more scented, nuanced aromas in, the, in our Cerasuolo di Vittoria. Okay, and one final red I'd like to discuss with you, which is one of my favorites, is Tancredi. Tancredi, again, a name that comes from Il Gatto Pardo, uh, a wine that I suppose um, links the tradition of Sicily uh, with a more modern style. Tell us a little bit about Tancredi. It's, uh, and as I said, it's uh, one of our flagship wines from uh, our range. Uh, its first vintage was a 90. In 1990, it was the first harvest, of Tan the first uh, production of Tancredi. So you can understand that it's, uh, it's our traditional, historical uh, wine. And as the name Tancredi, if you if you know the character of the Gepard, it's uh, the result of uh, it's a combination of uh, ambition and uh, elegance at the same time. Okay. Uh, for Giacomo and Gabriella, it started like a bet because uh, we have paired uh, an autochthonous variety uh, that was not that uh, famous at, the, at this time uh, with an international variety, so that. Uh, trying to boost uh, the perception of Sicily, of Sicily at those times. I think this bet was, uh, was absolutely win, was, uh, was good, with, and the results are nowadays in front of us because we can still open these bottles and uh, from all the vintage and uh, they still look beautifully. So it's a blend of uh, the structured Cabernet Sauvignon, structured because uh, even this terroir is very, can, can be very heavy, gives rich and bold wines, uh, and blended with more uh, delicate and uh, fresher in, in this context, uh, Nero d'Avola. Okay. So giving its acidity and giving the more depth and, uh, and length. So it, it can be approachable since it's youth, but then it can really improve in, uh, in bottle with age. Okay. Well, there, it's a wonderful range of wines you produce. Uh, I've been a big fan for a long time, and it's great to actually be able to be in conversation with you. I'm 
Looking forward to my next trip to Sicily. I'll be going there soon and enjoying your wines when I'm there. So thank you very much for being a guest with us today. I've got a much better picture of Pantelleria, an island I've always wanted to visit. I hope I will get there soon, and you've made me want to go to Pantelleria even more. So Pietro, it's been a real pleasure meeting you, and I look forward to actually meeting sometime soon. Thank you very much. My pleasure, and thank you, Mark. So that is all we have time for today. I'd like to thank Pietro for joining us, and thank you for joining us on this Wine to Wine 2021 Clubhouse Marathon. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin. Hi, everybody. Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to italianwinepodcast.com and click donate to show your love.